Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Greetings, Endless Honeymoon Podcast listeners. I am Moshe Kasher. And I'm his wife. And that's my wife. That's my assistant. That's the lady that does the things around here. Natasha Legero, ladies and gentlemen. I was once on a TV show with this guy who told me that he... Um, yes, keep talking. No, I just, I can't. <laughs> can you turn my headphones up? He told me that sometimes when he, he had a wife who kind of like just stayed home and did everything for him. He was a successful actor. Uh-huh. And he told me sometimes when he's walking down the hall, he just throws his clothes to see if she'll pick him up. Oh, Interesting. <laughs> He goes just to make sure she's like doing her job because he was bringing in all the money. <laughs> he seems like a real nice guy. <laughs> uh, now you're, it's too loud. You're a more successful actor than me. Do you think that you should maybe start throwing your chonies around the house? <laughs> just to see if I <laughs> fuck around and pluck them up? So we had a fun fight this week that oh, you didn't want to talk about. I didn't say I didn't want to talk about it. I said I wanted to talk about other another one we had as well because it's more contemporary. Oh, okay. But which one did you no, want to I talk about? No, I know you being wrong isn't that contemporary. <laughs> this, is, this is starting off fun. Well, <laughs> what, am I, what was I wrong about? Can I at least have that information? So our daughter's two and you for some reason have like you're in a very you're a very opinionated father. <laughs> But your opinions aren't are based on because I because <laughs> they're not based on things you've read or people you've talked to, and so you strongly believe the baby should not sleep in her crib anymore. I and think it's so, about. Wait, hold on. I was like, why do you think that? And you were like, my instincts. And I no, you go. She's ready. And I go. I said I go, to be fair. To be fair, <laughs> I didn't say that. I got a Tiffany Haddish DVD, and I said she ready. <laughs> You said she's ready. I said she's ready. Said, what are you basing that on? And you said my instincts. Yeah, that's very vague. That's not vague. It's specific. What is a parent if not an in, uh, his his or her instincts? Okay, and so then you asked the baby. You said, "Do you do you want to sleep in your crib tonight?" She said, "Yes, crib." And that's then, not what happened. You're, I mean, no, no. I'm sorry, not crib, not crib. Can you cut that? Oh, we can't cut things out anymore. Okay. You want to start over? No. <laughs> Wait, it's I sometimes just hard. Tell- no, it's sometimes hard when you have a story with a rhetorical appointment to slam <laughs> no, your partner. No. <laughs> To kind of make sure that the narrative thread stays true. Okay. So we can go back a little bit. Well, I wanted to tell my version of it. Okay. You want me to shut up? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the baby, you, she, you said, do you want to sleep in your big girl bed? And the baby said, yes. And you were like, I'm right. I'm right. And you made me admit that you were right and made me shake hands that your instincts, just based on the fact that who you are, you know babies. <laughs> So I said, okay, you're right. And then what happened? Do you want to say what happened next? Oh, I want to hear the end of your um, 
your perspective. So then we're rocking her Because I don't agree with any of this okay. so far. <laughs> so we're rocking her to sleep that night. I've already admitted that you're right. Right. And... You were on... Okay, my... Um, my version of the story is that you were on LSD at the time. <laughs> so I don't trust your instincts as a parent either because you had dropped 10 hits of acid. And you were like, I'm going to party tonight. Can I I'm just gonna finish get the story? Crazy. It has a quick ending. And you were breaking beer bottles over your head. You remember that? And you were saying, this one's for Farley. <laughs> Do you remember? So then we're rocking the baby to sleep, putting her in her big girl bed. And then the second we put her down, what does she say? I want the crib. I want the crib. I want the crib. She wasn't ready. She weren't ready. She weren't ready. Okay, so my perspective on this one, and this was that was a great, a great story, well told. You should bring that to the moth. I think. <laughs> I don't know if I've done that roast on you before, but I feel like it, it works here. No, but that was a moth level, a moth level story. I like the details saying the big girl bed a bunch of times, you know, and the accent work. It was good accent work. Okay, so what's your? Version? I want the. I want the crib. I want the. I want the crib. My version is that the child is turned is turned. Here's my here's my opinion. Why rush it? Let me finish my opinion. No, or do you no, want no, finish your you want to also tell this one? <laughs> my opinion is that um, that you and many and many moms I know want to keep the baby a baby as long as you possibly can, and there's no discernible plan for ending the baby ass shit that we've set up. Like the baby doesn't use blankets. The baby uses a sleep sack because of this like fear of. Um, you know, sudden infant death syndrome. No, that's not why babies use sleep sacks. Okay. You're, you'd like to do your version. What, why, why? Because then they can't crawl out of the crib. That is incorrect. (laughs) No, that is a folk tale that you have created. I saw the baby crawl out of it once (laughs) when she didn't have it on. I know, but (laughs) okay. Now what does she do to combat the, uh, she had it on actually. You're wrong. She she was wearing it. A bigger one. She was wearing it right side in and you decided to, Put it inside out so she can't unzip it. Where'd you read that? What book do you read that in? I don't know. Some Someone told me. Or did you go with your instincts? No, I didn't. I would have never been clever enough about babies to think of that. Someone <laughs> told me to do that. So anyway, she's in, she, she, she's in it. The sleep sacks are not to prevent them from crawling out or it would have worked non-inside out, right? I mean, if you really want to get into the details of it, no, because the she was unzipping it, right, and getting crawling out, right. So now, can, if it's inside, so you can out, crawl out with a sleep sack on. If you can unzip it. So, what's the purpose of the sleep sack? Now that it's inside out, she's locked so, in. Oh, so inside out sleep uh, sleep sacks are to keep the kid from crawling out, but re- regular use sleep sacks are for what? I don't know, honey. It's to prevent them from choking on a blanket, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Am I wrong? <clears throat> I'm sure that's part of it. Right. So that that whole that whole issue it, it ceases to be a factor after like nine months or a year. They they don't choke on. That's not a danger at a, at any okay anymore, right? So w- why do we keep the baby in the sleep sack still? Now it's got this new function about crawling out of the crib. What about the sound machine that we have on? She likes it. How do you know? Because that's how we get her to bed every night. Yes, that's true. So what's the plan on not putting her to bed using a sound machine? I don't know. One day we'll get tired of it. When? Well, clearly you you want all that to end now. No, I just want to go with my instincts. And my instincts tell me that as a child gets slightly older, there are milestones at which you start to take things away that are baby things and move them towards things that are kid things like sleeping in the in a bed like not sleeping in a sleep sack but using blankets developmental things and what are you supposed to trust other than your instinct i'm supposed to read dr spock that guy's a vulcan he's literally a vulcan i just don't understand what your instincts are based on based do you not have instincts as a parent do you only I do things you read in people, a book? I ask people and get information from people who've been through it and try to find what the So you've never made truthful. a self-generated decision on our child's... Of course I have, but in where general... Where do you get that from? In general, I ask other moms about it, and I'd say like I've asked 10 moms, and every one of them who has older kids is like, keep them in their crib as long as they can. It's easy. Right. It's safe. And I would and then, say, in general, the moms that I have observed and noticed, what their primary focus is 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 worrying that their child is going to like hurt themselves or grow up too quickly and i'm saying uh uh-uh i don't buy that 
All right. Well, I don't want to get into more detail about the workings of a sleep sack for our <laughs> listeners who don't have children because I would have turned off by now. I told you we should have talked. Let us to- know what you think. Do you let the kids... Do you try to push them into growing up faster That's than not, they're ready? None of, none of this is true. The, I want the crib. I want the crib. She said, I want to sleep in the bed. I go sleep in the fucking bed. And then the baby said, I want the crib. Okay, I'll put you in the crib. My whole point is I'm not trying to keep my child a baby. And you are. And I respect that. That's your instincts. My instincts are to put her towards the North Pole of development. <laughs> I'm the one that said I wanted to talk about the coronavirus, and you were like, no, let's talk about this scintillating tale about putting her in the quib. Well, the coronavirus is not really here yet. Is that right? I mean, it's not affecting us yet. What What are I, you looking for? I'm going to put say our dates. Oh, well, we, we got into a big fight about the coronavirus so recently. That's true. Are you podcasting with me? Or, I want to say our dates. I want to say our dates. So basically, we're going on tour. <laughs> yes, What did you want to talk about the coronavirus? I don't have any information. Well, you freaked out about it and wanted to cancel our entire tour. I mean, I don't want to travel if if people are if there's like a super contagious disease that you can get. You know, your chances of getting it increase if you go to an airport. And then here's what's interesting about this abroad. whole. Here's what's interesting about this whole conversation. There's not much, but here's what's interesting about it <laughs> is when it came to the bed crib thing, mm-hmm. you were like, what cite your sources? What developmental <laughs> books have you read? Please tell me about the child psychologist that you're citing. And other- I don't know why you became Scottish. When it came to the coronavirus conversation, when it came to the coronavirus conversation, I was you were like, I don't think it's safe to travel anymore. And I was like, what have you read that told you that? And you were like, my instincts <laughs> tell me. That we shouldn't travel. Uh, the Center for Disease Control said not to travel. No, but they said you're more vulnerable. But they didn't say that. They didn't say not to travel. I'm just saying we all have instincts that we operate on, and you you choose to use your instincts when it comes to whether or not we make money on the road, and I choose to use our instincts with things like whether or not to put the child in a bed. All right. I don't nice. go to a I don't go to a disease travelers group to. Uh, get the answers about whether to travel with coronavirus but i do read like the articles to, that say it's still so far we're still okay to travel as of wednesday as of wednesday which is when we announced our big tour it's called the royal family tour and it's coming to a city near you we're uh, coming the, to fargo fargo north dakota that's a, this very weekend denver denver honolulu oh that'll be good dallas bakersfield that'll be even better than honolulu salt lake city yep NYC coming your way and San Diego more dates more dates to be announced and listen we get along a lot better on stage than we do on this podcast right yes what do you think should we start the show I'd like to take a call well what do you guys think by the way should we cancel should we not be traveling coronavirus what is coronavirus I don't know like it it doesn't seem that deadly is it just a really bad cold what it's like 80 people have died and we're shutting down all of the corridors of trade and commerce in the world and the CDC is texting me, beware of large-scale disruption to your life. I I don't really get it. Well, maybe you've been listening to too much Donald Trump. Is that what Donald Trump says? Well, I don't know. He like put Pence in charge of it and then he said more people have died from the flu and that's not true. Sanjay Gupta was like, that's incorrect. That more people have died from the flu. I don't even know what that means. Or he was saying... This, I mean, more people flu, have died from the flu. The flu is as deadly as this thing. And that's not correct. But exactly. how deadly is this thing? I don't know. If it's, as dead, if it's a little less deadly than the flu, a little more deadly than the flu, I feel like I could risk it. I've gotten a flu. I never died from one yet. Right. Well, the thing about coronavirus is that like, it's, it's via surfaces. And Same thing with the flu. But it, I think the coronavirus, correct me if I'm wrong, can live for a long time on a surface and then you can catch it. Yeah, I mean, after I'm, the person's gone yeah, for like a week. Yeah, but what is the problem with the virus? Is it that, that serious? That just seems if something can be caught that easily, it could become a pandemic. Right, but if it's a pandemic of the common cold, who gives a shit? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. That's what I'm saying. So let's not cancel this tour. Which okay. is coming to a city near you. We'll be there. Should we take a call? Yes. Hey. 
Now we're going to call Haley in Texas. Hello. Haley. Hi, Haley. Hello. Are you Eminem's daughter? <laughs> Am I what? Are you Eminem's daughter? <laughs> I am not. Okay, cool. Unfortunately, you know, she's had a rough life though. No, so. no doubt. But I just couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience. Is her uh, name Haley Mathers? Uh, maybe so. Or Haley, Man- <laughs> Haley Manem. I think it's officially what it is. But I'm glad, I like that. I'm glad it's not you uh, because if it was you, I wouldn't do this call because out of respect to <laughs> the king of hip hop, the white king of hip hop. He but, really is though. I've been a fan my whole life. Haley, hold on. Could you be quiet for one second? Yes. Are there birds chirping behind you right now, Haley? What kind of idyllic <laughs> meadow are you in in Texas? So um, it's very nice and not windy for the first time in like weeks. So I'm outside and my children are inside right now because they're very loud. So <laughs> who's watching your children? My five-year-old's watching our children. <laughs> Hell yeah, Haley. That's, that is the good. And now, now what book did you read that told you a five-year-old could watch your kids? Or did you just go with your instincts like a good parent does? Well, I just kind of went with my instincts. I only have two. So I have the five-year-old and then the four-month-old is in his swing. But he loves his big brother so much that he just sits there and smiles at him. So forever, you have a five-year-old so. watching a four-month-old? Well, I can see in the window if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> I'm on your side. Haley, can I ask you a question, actually? Can I get some advice from you? Yes. When your five-year-old transitioned from a crib to a bed, how did you decide when it was time? Well, it's kind of a qu- good question. Um, I decided it was time when my psycho child was crawling out of his crib, no matter how low I put it. He was getting out in the middle of the night and I would find him in his closet, like rummaging through things. How old was he? Uh, he was like one and a half. Wow. Oh, so is that, wait, just so I, I'm not very good at math. Just so I'm clear, is one and a half, is that older or younger than two? Younger than two. That's younger than two wait, years Haley, old. Wait, Haley, I have okay, a question. Interesting. Did, interesting. You try, did you try putting a sleep sack on, on the baby? Yes, I've tried everything. I tried swaddling. Did, did I you tried, ever like? Did you ever try to put? Have you ever heard to put the sleep sack on inside out so that he couldn't unzip it? Yeah, you just got a philosophy oh. bomb drop from Natasha Legero, Haley. Yeah, you know you're a lot smarter than me. I didn't really think about that at the time. <laughs> you just used your instincts, right? <laughs> yeah, but Haley, Haley well, when I was a I was a single mom with my first one. So I was kind of doing it all by myself. I didn't really know these like little tips and tricks. Listen, back I, then. <laughs> Haley, I respect Texas. Texas ingenuity. You shoot from the gut. You guys know what you want. You got your independence. Six flags over Texas. I'm on your side. Why'd you call today? <laughs> well, if if I'm going to be honest, I'm actually from Montana oh, originally. E- even better. <laughs> even more independent. We know a great massage therapist in, in Montana if you're ever looking for I heard for that one. podcast and I was laughing yeah. really hard. So, it, was, it was great. Alright, so tell us. what, what Why did you contact the podcast? Well, I've been a stay-at-home mom for quite some time. In my mind, it feels like. Um, I've always been kind of a go-getter. I like to do my own thing and like, I like to work and I like to make money and you know, all that stuff. So I'm transitioning into opening up my own business. And my husband is just like, he's very spoiled by me because all of my attention is constantly on my family. So I'm like constantly making them food. Yes, the normal thing. And don't get me wrong. I love my family. I love taking care of them. They're awesome. But I don't think that the transition into... I'm here. Oh yeah, go ahead. You don't. You love your family. Oh, you were sorry. Saying. No, no, no. We had a yeah. So I just, um, I'm transitioning into this whole like working full time thing. Um, maybe more than full time is. I think it might be a little hard on my husband, and I don't think he's going to like enjoy me being away so much. And I think he's going to like take it in a bad way. I guess. So I guess I was calling you guys because, like, you've both been working really hard for quite some time and you both have a kid together and I'm sure you know Natasha is away a lot and I mean how do you guys sort of do it I guess I should say (laughs) oh uh I I was gonna say why is Natasha away and not me 
I could Both be away. I could be away as well. You know, I work. No, but also. she means the mother who's the primary caretaker. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> not saying the you're default, not the primary caretaker. The, the default caretaker. Wait. So Haley, what's this business? Well, um, I've been an artist my whole life, and I'm going to be doing permanent, like cosmetic tattooing. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, this is something yeah. that you want to do, not just yes. for money. It's but like, this is. This is Texas, right? So you're going to be yeah. You're going to be drawing like little teeny like swastikas like uh, for <laughs> I, for eyebrows. Is that right? And yeah, like, you know, if if so. people want their eyebrows done or lips done or <laughs> or like you'll be doing like little six six shooters on people's cheekbones and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I actually really like that revolver idea right that, on the cheek. I think it looks really good. Right, yeah. and you, you know, what would actually be a cool tattoo is if you um you, if you get a male clientele. You could do an accordion tattoo where their penis, when it's um, when it's soft, it just says Texas. But when yeah. it gets hard, it grows and says everything's bigger in Texas. But it's like accordion din. Thank you. I have a suggestion. I think that you need to have a talk with him and let him know that this job's important to you, and let him know also that you're not sure yet. Like, say, I might need a month to find my footing to see what I can do and what I can't do. And, you know, I, like you told us, like, I love taking care of you. I love taking care of the family. But I'm going to need, like, maybe ask him if, if you can rely on him to pick up, you know, some of the slack until you can figure mm-hmm. out what the schedule is going to be. Because you might not ever be able to make dinner. You just need to find out what it is. Or, you know, two nights a week you'll be able to, be able to make dinner. Or maybe, I, I don't know, you know, you just don't know yet. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm also curious. Um, you're saying you're. This is a fear that you have that he won't be able to cope <laughs> with your absence. Is there any evidence yet? Have you started yet? Has he started to complain? Well, so when I do bring up the conversation, it's more kind of like I'm really, really excited about it, and the vibe I'm getting from him is like he's kind of stoked for me. But then again, he'll say something like, "Well, how are we going to pay for daycare when you're like." not making as much money yet uh-huh. oh my god my you know? husband talks like that too he's like oh, how are we gonna... <laughs> yeah so <laughs> how are we gonna have... like how are we gonna pay for daycare and like <laughs> what are we gonna do for food and how who's gonna pick up the kids from daycare and it's like we and... will figure that shit out when the time comes but... if you just like be on board with me that'd be awesome do you tell him that he's gonna have to be doing some of that yes i said we need to kind of do like a 50-50 sort of thing to figure out who can do what and when because I'm most likely going to be working late whereas he's in the military and his days end at like 5 or 5.30. Right. He's out of the door at 5 in the morning. He's so bar- it's like, he, yeah, he's barely working. He's just some military guy. He's barely doing anything. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, just he's like lazing, not doing anything. Lazing <laughs> around on the base and while you're out here tattooing swazis on people's uh, third eyes. Now... <laughs> Uh, but you know it's kind of typical it's like it, this feels very typical to me like the man is for better or for worse the and I would say for worse the man gets used to and I'm sure the gender dynamics are switched but this is the most common one is that the man gets used to him being able to rely on the woman taking care of him and when that yeah. when that goes away it creates fear or you know resentment or anticipatory dread and so yes. and so when he should be and i'm sure i'm going to give the, this guy the benefit of the doubt cuz he's an american hero um <laughs> uh, he, Thank when, you. When he should just be supporting your dream he can't help but it's like like evil little like you know fear instinct like fear is like a rat you know and the rat when the when the rat is backed into a corner the rat starts to like n- lash out and so then he'll say a little snide thing like, well, I don't even know why you're doing Oh, Let me just do my best impression of your husband. I don't even know why you're doing this. You know what I mean? I already got a job. I don't know who's going to pay for lots of kids. You know, stuff like that, right? <laughs> but what he means, he means, I think, he means to be like, this is awesome. We'll get through this together. But he gets scared and it pops out yeah. in this like less than supportive language, right? I'm like more worried about... Um you know, his feelings and like resentment coming up, but I'm starting to be resentful because here I am. I'm not like a very good stay at home mom. I can't like, I, I mean, you're, you're really outside appreciate... right now and you're, you're letting a, a five-year-old watch a four month old. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you I should do them right now. And no, he's in there playing with Haley, it. <laughs> that's what you should do is you should videotape yourself making very poor parenting decisions. Like the one you just made. <laughs> 
and then play the footage to your husband and then be like, listen, it doesn't matter how we afford childcare. We need it because I look at what I've done. Because I can't do this yeah. anymore. <laughs> I mean, the reality is you should just be focusing on your dream and not, uh, not navigating and coddling your husband's mm-hmm. fears about your dream. Hell that's, yeah. That's not your responsibility. To, this guy's a fucking, what, what branch of military is he in? He's an O one, so he's an officer. Well, but of what 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 kind of military? Uh, army. He's a an officer in the army, and he's not yes. tough enough to be able to deal with the fear of his you know, wife starting a cosmetic <laughs> tattoo parlor. <laughs> I'm sure it's like I'm sure that his fears are rational in my mind because he's spoiled. Right. Like I spoil him. I like all my attention is on him all the time he gets like home cooked meals and i meal prep like every sunday for his entire week so he's spoiled excuse me what do you mean what's a meal prep for the entire week yeah for real what is you have you have lunches on sunday okay for for the the entire week what do you make like he likes anything carne asada mexican food all that stuff you make carne asada for him for the week for lunch and then put yeah, it in like the- a pa- like a brown bag yeah you know natasha's yep. demeanor over here on this couch has gotten she, she's gotten a, a quite a bit smaller from the beginning of your call the beginning of your call she's kind of like making arrogant eyes at me like yep this is just what ladies do the man can't care <laughs> for themselves like brazing so beef she's over here yeah she's over here fricasseeing carne asada okay so you make yeah, his lunches you see like Natasha, you don't have time to make carne asada, and I have time to make carne asada, so that's what I do, but, but and then I'm long. not going to have time to make it anymore. But not for long. You're not going to have time to make it anymore, and you're, you're, what I was trying to say was, your husband's in the fucking military. He will figure out a way to adapt when his orders change. When, when the general comes down with a new set of orders, he's going to have to figure out a way to adapt on the fly. And he'll be fine. And it's not your job to navigate his fears about how he's going to be taken care of in the future. Where's my carne asada? Just give him more sex while you can't make the beef. I make him sound like misogynistic. I promise you he's not. It's been my choice to do these things for him. And then I've kind of seasoned him into this like, no, of course, role, of course, you know? of course. I yeah. even, it's not even misogyny, although it's like the soft misogyny of uh, of expectations. You know, it's like like any man who has a woman making carne asada for him five days a week <laughs> is going to flow. That's just lunch. We don't even know what the meal prep is for the evenings. I know. It's like water. Water <laughs> oh. goes. Water goes where 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 it you know it, water sinks to to the, the lower ground. Any man whose wife is making him five lunches a week, he's going to allow himself to sink into the expectation of like, I am a man who deserves carne asada five days a week. But things are about to change around here, you know? And, and yes. I, I want to know what a sample evening dinner is. Good, good question. Well, it's funny because I'm vegetarian and he's not. So I actually make separate meals for everybody. <laughs> and you're telling me you're not a good stay-at-home mom? What do you think a good stay-at-home mom does? I really don't know. My mom tells me I'm the best mom in the world, but I feel oh. like I'm suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get happens. up. I mean, I just think I just think right now you did five years with your child and I guess you do have a four month old. So that might be creating some more anxiety, you know? Oh, I just I know the answer. What's the answer? All right. Because you need to have another talk with him. I'm ready. When you talk to him, instead of stressing like what's going to need to be done and your absence, I think you need to tell him what you just said. Like, I feel like I'm going to go crazy if I don't have an outlet, something besides what I'm doing. And I need that for my own happiness. And I think if you approach it more, what did you just say? You said, I, I, I'm, I'm suffocating. I'm suffocating. Yeah. And you don't want to <laughs> say, you might not want to use those words because I would take that personally if I was Very in a intense. relationship. But, you know, just let it's him know word. <laughs> how important it is to you to like, you know, you've got to express yourself. And this is like a really, you know, you love doing expressing yourself with the family, but, you know, you need a, a, a personal outlet. You That's need a little more you. right now. It's time for you guys to to uh to ha- both have responsibilities and duties and what i would say is when you have that conversation you say i want i i want to stay home but here's the issue i'm having when i feel frustrated or suffocated my sex drive bottoms out <laughs> it becomes less than nothing 
and he's and, and you're like so i actually have to do this so that we continue to, we can continue to have a sexual relationship right i would love to stay home and make you carne asada and, <laughs> and, and barbacoa and pollo I mean, nothing asado. turns me on more than like just being in the fucking kitchen all goddamn day. yeah poor vegetarian having to like chop God up damn. raw steak <laughs> I, I, yeah, Your that, house just reeks of a cow all week. I mean, here's here's the truth: is that every man who's being t- the act of being taken care of by your partner is an act, a small act of being treated like a baby, right? I mean, it is. It's just yeah. like, and you allow it to happen because it feels so good to be cared for and to be taken care of. But unfortunately, your husband, it's time for him to grow up a little bit. And because he's an officer in the military, I feel like he's going to do just fine. And you just have to tell him, I would stop m- mitigating his fears. And just when he brings stuff like that up, like, what are we going to do about childcare? Just say something like, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. But I have to do this for me. And make sure mm-hmm. he always has change for the vending machine so he can get some lunch. Maybe like <laughs> yeah, a, a I know, cup right? Of at least I can pull him money out of the ATM on the way home. Like, that would be nice of me to do. Yeah, you can get him, some, you get him some Lunchables. Lunchables for officers. It's a, there's a new, there's a new uh, Lunchables uh, category. It's, it's just for officers in the military. All right. Well, I think I'll I think, have to look that one up. I, I think it's going to go great. I'm excited for you. Yeah, when I'll Thank come, you. I'll come get your the, sanity's um, at stake. And I'll come. Yeah, come get, get some swastikas from me. Yeah, I will. I got to don't mess with Texas, but I don't think the whole phrase will fit. So it'll, it'll just say don't mess with. Or, with Teja, with yeah, don't mess with. Don't and then mess. Like, dot, it'll just dot. say don't mess because I don't have a lot yeah. to work with. All right, good luck like out that. there. Thank you so much, guys. Farewell. Bye. I do have a lot to work with. I just didn't want to brag, you know. Oh, were you talking about your penis tattoo? Yeah, I was talking about getting the accordion tattoo myself. I was trying to make a joke where it's so small that the whole phrase wouldn't fit, but then it's like everybody knows how big my penis is. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like a known rumor about me. Mm-hmm. I could get the entire constitution of the state of Texas tattooed on my penis with room to spare. I could get all four flags that flew over six, six flags that flew over six flags tattooed on my penis and still be able to do the flag of Guam. Do people get penis tattoos? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. But would you need to get it like when it's hard? That's a very good question. I bet you that's not a thing. No, no. I mean, for sure people get penis tattoos. Guaranteed 100%. Guaranteed 100%. I've, I've tasted a few. <laughs> tasted, okay, I, I, okay saw, I believe you. I saw one that was just gonzo. Like the, the penis part was the gonzo nose. And then the eyes were on the pubis. You know? So there was an... A, no, that's not a... No? I, but that, that's not a tattoo on the penis. No, but he did the whole fur. It was a 3D fur effect. Oh, I, I really saw that cool. at Burning Man. Well, no, that was Pinocchio. Wasn't that Pinocchio? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Was it Pinocchio? Who was that? Yeah. Natasha got a picture, a, full, a, a, a very close-up picture of a man's penis tattoo. So you know. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Let's do some secrets. Okay. How about that? Hi, guys. So, first of all, I love you guys so much. You're great. Okay, so I have a secret, and I guess, like, my my best friend knows about it, so it's not, um, like, a huge, deep, dark secret, but um, I put, like, I made a profile on a Sugar Daddy website as a sugar baby, obviously, and I had some, and I've been, like, texting a few guys, and I had like, someone message me, oh, do you do massages? So I was like, uh, sure. So I ended up going to his house like a few hours later and I gave him a massage but I clarified that it was just going to be a body and at the end of it he was like making me rub his like upper thighs and then after the hour was finished he was like oh no happy ending I was like no it was just a body massage he was like oh well that's part of the body and I was just like uh uh so I like I laughed obviously like he paid me I mean I need 150 bucks I don't know if it was worth it. I don't know how to feel. Please make fun of me. Do something. Make me feel some kind of way over this. Okay, thank you. My number is... (laughs) She wants more business. Why did she want to give us her phone Wait, did she say $850? $150. And did she touch his dick? 
She did not touch his dick. Oh, because I thought it was ending like, so I just did it. No, she said it's a body massage. And the guy, and I think in a in a very, very sophisticated turn of rhetorical <laughs> and logical uh, fencing said, well, the penis is a part of the body. It cannot be denied. And she said, no, 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 I, I, that's not what I want to do. And got 150 bucks. But the website she went to for to be a, a sugar daddy and for her to be a sugar baby that wasn't a massage. Web. It wasn't for massages. No. You know it was a sugar, dating. You know what sugar daddies and sugar babies are? I'm assuming a sugar daddy is someone who pays for the sugar baby. Right. It's, so it's like young women who go and basically it's like a, it's like a kind of enha- it's somewhere between a dating site and an escort site. It's like in the middle because the sugar babies, they're not prostitutes. Uh, they're not sex workers per se. I think I'm right about that. They're kind of like companionship workers. And so these older guys will like pay for the sugar baby's lifestyle in exchange for like going out on dates and then eventually maybe it'll turn sexual but it's not oh it's not like here's 150 bucks for a blowjob it's like so then she went over there and said i'll give you a massage he said do you do massage ah i by the way i would like to call this but she left her phone number can we can we call her next week or something and see what it's like to be a sugar baby i would love that all right we'll have a producer get in touch with her but in terms of this secret um i mean isn't this what did she get out of it that's what that like no, but why did she... She didn't join this website for money. Of course she did. Oh, really? Do you think she did did it so that she could demure from ejaculating 75-year-old businessmen? <laughs> no, thank you. No, yeah, it's for money. Oh, I thought she was maybe getting, like, thought it was funny. Well, no, I think it's like, it's for people that are like in the sex... Are, are like, maybe I'll do sex work, but I don't want to commit to all being totally sexual. It's for people and that can't she, quite pull the trigger. And she wasn't even really a massage therapist. Sounds like a no. So she went over to this guy's house. She oiled him up. By the way... Gave him a massage. 150 bucks for a massage. That's semi-reasonable. Yeah, but why wouldn't he just hire a real massage... I guess a real massage person, a professional, he couldn't be like, the penis is part of the body. <laughs> But that's like a way you can talk to an escort. Ugh, She's not an pigs. escort, though. What do you mean men are pigs? <laughs> that guy went to a website. He's if he tra- really wanted a massage, shouldn't he have like gone to like soothe or something? He, wa- he uh, I'll tell you, okay, fine. Men are pigs. Women can be a bit naive. Like, what did she think was this guy? Exactly to your point. Why is this guy on the Sugar Babies website looking for a massage? If he <laughs> just wanted a body rub, he probably would have gone to a regular massage therapist. So... The fact that she was like, oh, I, how could you be asking for this? It's a little like, okay, you know. I think we need to get, we should call her next week. We got to call I her. I want to know what he looked like. My instinct, though, is that. Was he, he naked? How he did he get naked? naked? Yeah. Was he like, should I get naked? How did he get naked? He probably had his nurse, that, were, that his live-in nurse, take his clothes off for him. Oh, well, I also want to know, like, what she wore. Yeah. All right. You know what? We like, got to like, call did, this did lady. Did she wear, like, her, like you know, athletic, like I'm about to give you a massage. Should we just here. call her? She... <laughs> well, sure. She'll, she'll answer. All right. We'll figure it out. Let's play another secret. Okay. So I used to babysit when I was like 14 and this girl, like after she would go to bed, I would just kind of look around the house and take any money I saw lying around. <laughs> And I would just order pizza because my parents were health nuts and never let me, uh, like, order pizza at home. Um, I feel like they probably do. That's all. What'd she say at the end? I didn't get that. I feel like they probably do? Her parents? Um, I feel like they probably do. Probably do what? No, I think we need to hear the thing she said before that. All right, let's try that again. My parents were health nuts and never let me uh, like order pizza at home. Um, I feel like they probably do. My uh, parents were health nuts and never let me order pizza at home. Um, I feel like they probably do. Maybe she was trying to say that her parents probably did order pizza for themselves because they're pigs. I'm confused. Well, anyway, the point is her secret. Is that she used to steal from her the children she was babysitting for to buy pizza. <laughs> but I will say... I used to steal as a child too. I, I just hadn't like entered my mind that that was wrong yet. Who would you steal from? My mom. Money? Yeah. Cash money? Like 20 bucks I'd always take out of her purse. How often? Um, 
she didn't have a lot of cash usually. I looked a lot. <laughs> Probably like three or four times. Oh, and I remember once I stole money to pay for my boyfriend who lived in Chicago's bus ticket back to Rockford. <laughs> I, uh, I used to steal my mom's food stamps and go buy food. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, Pretty dark, Food for huh? the family? Food for the Moshe. Oh, really? Yeah, Your go, mom wouldn't buy you food? Yeah, but I'd be like hungry. So I'd be like, fuck it. I'm going to take these stamps. That's or cool. I would also get cigarettes that way. I would get food stamps. I would go grab two packs of cigarettes and throw them in a bag full of ground up coffee beans and go buy the coffee at like one o'clock in the morning from the Safeway. Would you shoplift from stores? I shoplifted a lot. Did you? Yeah. What'd you take? A lot of stuff. We used to have a game. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade and we would go to the mall and like pick a number and then whatever number you had to like go into that store. Like, so you'd pass like the store and you had to like figure out a way to steal something and then show your friends. So I remember once I went into Claire's boutique and then when we, when we walked out, no, my, yeah, we went into Claire's boutique and we walked out, my friend opened her mouth and had rings in her mouth. What if he, she had gotten the number for the Bass Pro fishing shop? Would you just have to take something from there? Yeah, like I think we would be like, okay, that one doesn't count the next one. I've got, uh, I got busted a bunch of times for shoplifting, but tw- two, the first time was I was stealing lip smackers, lip gloss. I remember that. I was a boy though then, and as boys a, would wear it. Lip smackers, lip gloss. No, they. It wouldn't. tasted like cherry. I could it see you liking like that. It tasted like cherry, and I liked the way it tasted. <laughs> a girl did had. Did you get it one on. of those big, those thick ones that and, were like really wide? And the cop was like looking at it, kind of like, "What the fuck?" And then another time, I got busted it was for stealing a fifth of Bailey's Irish cream. So like, you were stealing stuff to like consume. Yeah, only to consume. And then you were like stealing food stamps to eat food. <laughs> I was hungry. You were and chomping thirsty. on your lip smackers. Yep, you got it. I, I actually that's chugging on your Irish cream. You know what? Actually, the way I shoplifted was more morally forthright than the way you shoplifted because I was doing it to to fulfill needs. You were just doing it for the thrill of the chase. I wonder why I did that. I think I just I, I didn't care. I think that's part of being young is you just don't really care. Well, we're an consequences. An, we're an anti shoplifting podcast here on the that's Endless true. Honeymoon podcast. So let's move along and play another secret. Um, hey guys, big fan of the podcast. So I have a secret for you two. Um, a few years ago, I was going through a very anxious time, and I was having a lot of stomach cramps with my anxiety, and um, I would take a lot of sick days because, you know, I was just really anxious and stressed about other shit and didn't want to bother anybody about it. And in that time of anxiety, I got tested for endometriosis. Um, and it turned out I didn't have it, but I told everybody that I did have endometriosis so that everybody could just give me a reason to not, um, for people to not worry about me. And I still keep that lie up to this day. And my parents <laughs> think I have it. My partner thinks I have it. Um, all my friends think I have it. And I have to be honest, it kind of feels great just having that like <laughs> fake illness. <laughs> As a cop out of when I'm feeling overwhelmed or tired or anxious and I don't want to go to something, I'm like, oh, I have endometriosis and I, I kind of, you know, can't um, go to anything. But it's also gotten so out of hand and it's been years that I've been keeping this lie around. That's it. Endometriosis. Well, I thought that was like a shit disease. It is not a shit disease. It's a pussy disease. Okay. Uh, I believe I just looked it up and it is. A disorder in which the tissue that normally lines the uterus mm-hmm. grows outside of the uterus. Oh, that sounds gnarly. What a weird disease to think you have because you're... What, she said she was like stressed out. Yeah. Is that what she was saying? Yeah. She didn't say my uterus was aching. She said I felt a little bit of anxiety. What is the connection between endometriosis and generalized anxiety? I don't know, but I think it is the perfect thing to say you have why is that because it's like no one knows really what it is off the top of their head it doesn't sound gross (laughs) you know it's not like um you know like what's the one like uh what is it what that you get oral thrust uh cron uh what's it called crohn's crohn's disease is more gnarly yeah like it doesn't sound anything that's like kind of like distasteful you're just like oh it's endometriosis we've kind of heard of it just to clarify just (laughs) 
based on the last thing you said, you think that having the disease, no, Crohn's disease, is distasteful. No, I'm That's just saying if you're going to lie about it, you've got to like follow up a lot with a lot of questions. There's not a lot of follow up when right. people don't really know what it is and people don't want to sound stupid. Like it's very so hard. So they're just going to gonna be like, oh, I'm so sorry you have that. Yeah. It's very hard to have friends in your life that have IBS. I have a, I have a lot of friends with, yeah. with IBS and you're like, there's always this like, unspoken contextual second part they go i have ibs and you're like oh, oh you that gotta... sucks so you're shitting a lot you have shitty you have terrible shits they right go, and then they're like can i use your bathroom or i'm gonna and be it's late. a real disorder but also there's embarrassment that's what you're saying maybe there's is no that endometriosis doesn't yeah. come with a secondary component. but it feels light yeah like a light <laughs> i have a light sprinkle of endometriosis <laughs> i'm just saying it's the perfect disease yeah to, like fake Except that when you go, remember when I was I had all that anxiety? It was endometriosis. And they're like, oh, what's that? And they look it up and they go, utero pain? <laughs> what does that have to do with your anxiety? <laughs> I am pretty obsessed in general with these disease, this category of disease, which I don't think endometriosis is one of these, but this category of disease that um, people aren't sure if they're real or not. You know, I don't want to mention any by name because it, anytime if you go online and you make like a joke about specific, like, could they be, are they real? Are they not real diseases? That community of people that have that believe they have that disease, they go fucking ape shit. And they're just like, you're trivializing my pain. So I'm not trying to trivialize anybody's pain. I'm just saying generally I'm obsessed with the idea of of hysterical diseases you know and there's like a whole category like i watched i was saying i watched that show diagnosis Mm -hmm. on uh on netflix it's a new york times show where this doctor um would would sort of find people that had diseases that they couldn't figure out what what the 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 what the diagnosis was and so the doctor would write an article about the symptoms and then put them out to the crowd to crowdsource potential diagnoses and then it's a great show. It's really interesting and compelling. But one of the most compelling parts of it is there was a couple of subjects. Most of the subjects were just like, I'm desperate, help. And then they'd get the crowdsourced diagnosis and they would go, that does sound like what I have and take the treatment and some and often get better, actually. Not always, but often they'd get better. But there's a couple of people in there. They were like, here are the symptoms I have. And also, I have a super healthy distrust for the medical community. I don't trust them. And by the way, people that are sick don't trust the medical community for legitimate reasons. But the more paranoid about the medical community the people were, the less likely they were to actually take the treatment. And it led you to believe like, oh, these people are... Are like they're living in this like Munchausen Munchausen kind of world. You know what I mean? Well, they're always tired. Don't all those fake diseases? They're not fake. I mean, all the diseases that are sometimes people can't quite. Never mind. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Let's do another secret. Hi guys, love the show. Um, so I just wanted to unload a secret. So a few weeks ago, I got dumped, and he was pretty awful to me. He said and did some really bad things. It was a bad breakup. Um, But little does he know that now I'm dating his best friend. Um, No one knows yet, but can't wait until that comes out. So, yeah, just wanted to say that. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, you know, you have a thought? I, I mean, that's rough. My first thought here is, who's this best friend? And does he feel like he's just a cog in this woman's revenge fantasy? You know what I mean? Like, how are you really going to convince yourself, like, I just got the sex appeal to be the first stop after her abusive (laughs) ex-boyfriend that's my best friend? You got to know. You're just being used. And you're not going to be best friends anymore. Right. But sometimes it's worth it. Doesn't sound like a nice guy. I've dated very good friends before, but I waited like five years in between. Mm Mm-hmm. That mm. feels like it might be okay. You've dated two men that were very good friends, you're saying. But not one after the other. Not there was like a five-year break. Right. That's actually being interested. This whole idea, this whole notion of like owning a, a person because you dated them, I find that so childish. It's so pathetic. That's my... How are you going to go there, dog? That's my lady. That's my lady. I was in that. I was just like, get You don't fucking, think that's fucked? So you wouldn't care if I left you for Brent? I would care if you left me for Brent. Yes. I would care if you left me for a friend because it's the act of leaving me for a friend that feels like an act of aggression. It doesn't feel like a true expression of who you're attracted to. It feels like you're just leaving me. That's what I'm saying with that last secret. 
the fact that she's with this guy's ex boyfriend, uh, uh, best friend, one month after they broke up, and he was a nasty fucker. That doesn't feel coincidental. That feels like fuck yeah, I'm gonna fucking get you. But if I left, if I divorced you, oh god, I'm having. Oh, that just sounds so nice. But anyway, if I divorced you, and then and and then two years later you were dating my best my best friend, would I be upset? Sure. Would I have the right to expect that? someone else not date you i don't think so i don't own you but i own your memory that's so sweet Mosh. i'm gonna start making you carne asada for lunch <laughs> should we do another secret or do uh, i have i have some updates for our last week's secrets okay why don't you do your updates and let's take a call okay sounds good so a lot of people wrote in about the dilemma that we had uh th- th- that somebody um wrote in about this apartment living next door situation the secret from last week where the woman had been living next to her next door neighbor for many years mm-hmm. they even had like a pretty friendly relationship but they had each other's keys had each other's keys but she did not know the woman's name <laughs> and she was embarrassed and humiliated and didn't know how to get that info and she's always like hey you hey you hey girl, <laughs> hey girl. okay yas queen <laughs> you know we had a lot of suggestions uh and so i just thought i'd, I'd read it uh, the, the, uh, a friend named on Instagram, a fan named Miguela Corsi writes, hi, for the neighbor that didn't know her neighbor's homie's name, her neighbor homie's name, why not be like, girl, I got a cool article I want to show you. Add me on Facebook. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. But... You oh already know someone for three years and you're like, hey, add me on Facebook. I got this article I want to share with you and I don't know how to share it. I'm She'd not- be like, we are Facebook friends. Oh, are we? Okay. It could be. How do I look you up again? What's your name? <laughs> Something like that. Okay, that's not bad. But I think it's pretty good. Then bam, you got full access to the name, she says. Pretty good. Pretty good. She also says she wants to shoot us sometime. And I think she means photography, but it's possible <laughs> she will kill us. So you heard it here first. Okay. Oh, now that we're doing updates, mm-hmm. we got somebody else here for our friend in in South Carolina, uh, Cynthia, who was complaining about um, not having any friends and all of her friends are having children and she likes Elizabeth Warren so she doesn't know who to hang out with. Mm-hmm. I literally, and this made me so happy, literally had someone on Instagram named Maya Sylvia say, if Cynthia, who called the pod, really wants some cool single friends here... I live in Greenville. I don't know if she can hit me up somehow, but if there's a way social media can help in this one instance, I'd hang out with you. Cynthia, if you're listening, That's we got a some friend. some guy who wants to hang no, out with No, no, it's a lady. Her oh, name's okay. Maya. She seems cool. I'm looking at her right now. She got a really nice smile. And her, her, um, her, sub, her se- secondary quote on her Instagram is, shake it till the moon becomes the sun. Hey, I think I like this person. You know what? I might hang out with her. <laughs> Cynthia, if you're not around... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah and then she has a link on her instagram so just so you know she's no dummy cynthia she's got a link on her instagram the to an article she wrote called said called i love this country but sometimes i'm not sure where i am black immigrant women sexual violence and afro pessimistic justice in new york versus strauss khan and chi manda negozi adiches americana dude you're going to have some good-ass conversations, Cynthia. She does sound like someone who I'd want to hang out with. It's an academic. She likes to shake it till the sun comes up. She <laughs> knows what Afro-pessimistic justice is. Uh, I don't know what that is. I consider myself a pretty smart cookie, and I don't know what... I've never heard of Chimamananda Ngochi Adichie's Americana is. Actually, I'm lying. I did hear about what that is. I think it's a Nigerian writer, and it's supposed to be actually really good. Uh, yeah, so listen... If you're out there, Cynthia, and honestly, Cynthia, I think Maya Sylvia might be too much woman for you. <laughs> I think this might be too high level of a friend, I, but she seems cool as hell. I'd hang out with her. So if you're out there, get in touch. We'll put you guys together anonymously. Thanks and, for those updates, Mosh. Yeah. Uh, we got some other ones, too. We got some other ones, too. Well, let's address them another time. Okay, fine. Let's take a call. I will, yeah. Hold on. Stop. Before we take a call, I found another one. 
Hi, this is from someone called Jane Rock NYC on Instagram. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. I love your podcast. It's so funny. I've been listening to the one where the girl talks about forgetting her neighbor's name. I had a similar situation and what I did worked perfectly. I don't know if it matters for me to tell you since it's already aired, but here goes. I just texted the guy saying, this is a really good suggestion. And it's so simple, it boggles the mind that we didn't think of it in the first place. All you have to do is read in uh, Americana by in Gochi. No, okay. No, she says, I texted the guy saying, hey, I got a new phone. Whose number is this? And he was like, oh, ha ha. Told the name. And I was like, oh, ha ha. Thanks. Problem solved. I think that's the solution. If you got a new phone, that means you still have the same phone number. Right. In this instance. You have to assume that she has the, her neighbor's phone number and that she's texted her things, but she doesn't have the name in in the thing. It's what if she number. writes back, it's me, girl? Me who? <laughs> who is me? No one would ever write back, it's me, girl. Your neighbor. Then she knows <laughs> that the neighbor doesn't know her name and everybody's <laughs> fucked. All right, let's take a call. Now we're going to call Nicole in Brooklyn. Hello? Hi, Nicole. It's Natasha Legero. And, and Moshe Kasher. Hey, how are you? Thanks for calling. For sure. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. How's What's Brooklyn like? very cold you know what i hear i hear brooklyn's really got a kind of a scene going on right now <laughs> you know? it's very um, yeah like lo- loft parties <laughs> gelato uh just like really cool stuff happening there you should check some of that out uh I, thank you thank you for the tip i will nicole have you, right ever, on have you ever seen the show girls <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's so close to my real life it's, it's yeah not, it's, it's it's wild it's kind of a gritty look at that new brooklyn culture so i check i would recommend that as well okay nicole what's Thank going you. on all right so i have been dating this really great guy for about nine months and he's probably it's probably the healthiest relationship i've been in ever okay and uh, it's my first relationship since my last long term. Uh, oh. It's his first. Wait, Nicole, major stop. let me stop you right there. You broke up a little bit. Yeah. You said it's your okay. first relationship since your last long term. What? Relationship. And okay. it's his first major relationship since his divorce. Okay. And which was kind of traumatic. Right. Okay. Um, but he's been great. Damn it. With his feelings, he like texts me and calls me throughout the day. He, you know, he always wants to see me. He's super great. I've met his kids. We make plans for the future. We've gone on vacation together. It's been awesome. Yeah. So the problem is, is that <laughs> we haven't progressed uh, to the "I love you" phase. Neither of us have said it. What? And it started. It's starting to weird me out. <laughs> I got you. Okay, okay. Wait, no, this, I guess nine months, that can happen. Nine months is long. You and I were like eight, seven or eight months, Mosh. Nine, lo- nine months is at the outer reaches of, of the I yeah. love you phase, but it's not in the what the fuck is wrong with you part yet. We're not quite okay. there, but we're getting real okay. close. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. We're approaching, it's approaching quickly. Oh, I forgot about that. That's a rough stage. Yeah, the who's going to say it first. You, you oh wanna, my God. You want to know how I had, how motion I said it? Yeah, this, yes. could, this could be something. Wait, Nicole, let me ask you before Nat- Natasha tells you. Uh, are you Jewish? I am not, no. Is he? No. Uh, this might not help. So basically, oh I put on fit. We had Moshe and I, he, we used to always come over and watch YouTube together. And so mm-hmm. I was like, we would show each other videos. And then I showed him um, from Fiddler on the Roof when the woman's like, do you? No, the, the, te- Tevia. the Tevia is like, do you love me? And she's like, do I what? He's like, 
do you love me? And she's like, do I love you? And it's like this whole thing about this whole song. It's really a great song about them telling each other they love love it. I love it. I love it. And then right after that, Moshe told me he loved me. Well, actually, but it was, but it was made easier. And I ain't no punk, just so you know, like Nicole, I was just trying to, you know, get laid that night. You feel me? But, um, (laughs) <laughs> but but there was something that made it easier to watch two fictional characters talk about the struggle of saying I love you that made it a right. little bit like almost like lubricant because I had never really told a woman that before in my life. Right. And your yeah. your guy, he's afraid he, he's not in the same boat. But what he his boat clearly is he's afraid to make that big jump because the last person he loved was so heavy and it was so intense. And you probably I don't want to analyze you. You could tell me yourself, but you're probably afraid like because because he was in this marriage, this intense thing. Like, I don't want to be the person that he has to say that to. So it's all this like unspoken fear on both of your sides about this like phantom of the ex-wife kind of a thing right absolutely absolutely yeah and the thing is is they got married very very quickly and so that weirds me out even more because apparently they got married within like months like a couple Mm. months and Mm -hmm. it was like whirlwind and now nine months i don't know it's never happened but it's never been this long before but Two boyfriends ago, I told him, a boyfriend that I loved him, and he didn't say it back to me. And it was one of the worst. <laughs> he, he said it. He said it to me three months later, but it was the worst three months of my life. Yeah, it was that's agonizing. What did he say and when I, you said it? He said, "Thank you," and I'm not ready to say it yet. Oh, that's um, a roughie. But then three months later, he's like, "I'm ready." No, he yes, said it back. Yeah. I mean, so it, here's the it, thing. It was okay, but it was it was torture, and I don't want the same thing. I really want him to say it first. Right, but here's um, the here's the deal. You know, everybody, unfortunately, life ain't fair, and you get the dish that you ordered. And the dish that you ordered in this particular situation was a man who, though though probably does love you, has been has had some recent trauma around the subject of love and commitment, and not. To, mm-hmm. It seems like he's down to commit and do all the actions. But some of the I just think you're going to be better off not waiting for the divorcee with PTSD to say I love you. You, you think she should say it first? I think so. I think you should lay, <laughs> lay out the carpet for him because he's the one that's enfeebled. Like your little petty trauma about the guy not saying I love you f- for three months doesn't really compare yeah. to these like traumatic two how do you term... know this guy is so traumatized that's what she said oh no yeah yeah no he's yeah he said it was the worst thing that's ever happened to him and he oh, okay he still he car- still carries a lot of anger and resentment about it which also worries me a little bit but that's now that's like, more worrisome i i would prefer he, she found a way right. to hint at it to, uh, like okay, what well so like the video well, i said oh, okay go ahead Hold on. So there's this another another little funny thing that that, that happened. So I came uh, I came over to his house one night, and, but it was after he had his kids for the weekend. I came over to his house, and on his bedroom door was written the words "Love you" in like yellow paint, and I just pretended to not see it because I don't know what that is because it could have been in relation to his kids. But why? It's the weirdest now thing. Now you have the perfect thing. Now you can come 100%. up to him and say, honey, I just want to know last week when yes. I saw the yellow, was that meant for me? <laughs> totally. It's okay if it wasn't. Totally. And then he can oh, be God. like, "Then no, because would you rather do that or do what Moshe said, be in the moment and say, I love you. Right. I'm with Natasha. Because then if you flirt with about it and try to make it into a joke, then he can say, uh, yeah, that, that was actually for my children. That, that was not meant for you. <laughs> And then you can be like, okay, cool. I, I, oh, God. That's exactly right. Like when I, I can speak for myself. When I was with Natasha and I knew that I was I had fallen in love with her, uh, I was also so emotionally crippled from being single for so long that I was like, God, I don't know how to do it without it being corny or without it being – I just didn't – so I was kind of like looking for the, the moment the the, the mm-hmm. excuse and then all of a sudden she put on this tevia thing and i was like well this will do you know <laughs> i was like this is my this is my window 
And it sounds like this love you for on the door. 25 years, I've cooked for you, yeah. cleaned your clothes, <laughs> washed your blood. That's what I wanted. And if for 25 years, if that's not love, what is? Do yeah. I love you? I guess I do. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm that, that kind of a Thank thing. Yeah. I just want to make sure everyone understood. Natasha Leggero, ladies and gentlemen. My, uh, my hint was. But that was your hint? You put it on for me? I don't remember, probably. Well, at any rate, this yellow writing oh on the gosh. door is perfect. You have it. There's two possibilities. One is that he put it there for you, and in which case he's already done it, and everything's easy, and then you can start saying I love you all the time. Two is he <laughs> didn't put it on there for you, but he's put it up it so you can have a conversation about the words I love you, which will then make it possible for you guys to start saying it to each other. And the third possibility is he didn't put it up there for you. You have the conversation. He's like, I won't put it up for you. I don't love you. I need five more months. And then you're like, this is really awkward. But you have two out of three of the options are good options. Okay. You can right. do it. You can do it. Bring it up. Bring up the it yellow. Oh, it all feels so contrived every time I think about it. Well, it, it is feels... contrived. That's the thing about relationships and love is that these rituals, th- this is how I think about con- contrivance because for me, my as Natasha, what do you call it? My biggest fear? What? Fear of? Your fear? Yeah. Missing out? Fear of being... Basic? Yeah, fear of being basic. That's what Natasha's always yeah. roasting me about. And there's nothing that makes you feel more basic than when you're going through human being life rituals, right? They, they, they all feel just like, what am I, just on a conveyor belt of experiences? Like, I date you for four months, then I say I love you, then we date for two <laughs> years, then I say, will you marry me? Then we get married, then I say, let's go on a honeymoon, then we go on a honeymoon, then I say, let's have kids, then we have kids, then I say I have cancer, then I die. I mean, it just feels like, God, is that, am I just, is this all life is? But the other way to think of those kinds of uh, cliches of humanity is, isn't this beautiful? Human beings are a, a, a creature, an animal, a beast, uh, a, a spirit that has these ways of signifying our intimacy and connection to another person. And like by being contrived in this way, I am being the most human a human being can be. I am saying I human being alone in the world have found you human being alone in the world and two have become one i will write on this wall i love you <laughs> love you uh okay well well good luck i think it's gonna work out and i think in two weeks this will just be this whole situation will be over i agree will you write our producer and tell us how it goes maybe we can call you back and, and see after you have the conversation <laughs> I will. Yes. Thank you so much. And check out girls. Honestly, it's gritty. (laughs) It's real. It's what real people are like in Brooklyn. Real white people anyway. (laughs) I'll check it out. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Good luck. All right. Bye. Thanks. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it does. There's so much pressure on this stupid turn of phrase. And then once you start saying it, it just becomes as easy as this. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Love you. Love you, too.